Hello, hello. Hello. Hi, and welcome to the Jeremy Sisto fan club. (laughs) (laughs) I love him. (laughs) I know, right? Um, Welcome to Coast to Coast Cocktails, everybody. How how are you? Just welcome. I am so good because I'm so excited to talk about this show. I know you guys, Justine tried to reschedule and then immediately changed her mind. <laughs> I was like, either way. I literally, I was so tired. So I like texted her because I did not sleep freaking like at all last night. Oh, I understand. I and understand. then, so I texted Sarah at like every single day at that time, no matter what mm-hmm. I'm doing, I get tired, you know? Yep. And then I was like, can we reschedule? And then literally like 30 seconds later, I'm like, never mind. I want to do it still. I'll just like make a pot of coffee. So yeah, I, I had definitely, like, I've been there before. Go ahead. Yeah. And like, it's so funny. I had like three cups of the coffee at night and like, I, I don't even... I, I don't even like drink coffee in the morning or anything really. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll I'll have like a couple sips and then I'll put it down. Um, uh-huh. So I had like three cups of coffee and now I'm drinking <laughs> obviously a glass of wine. So I'm like, Ooh. I'm ready to go now. I'm like worried. I'm not going to be able to sleep after this, but that's yeah. okay. You're going to need, it's too bad you didn't have one of those rockstar vodkas that would have done exactly what you needed it to. Both oh, the things. liquor stores are closed on Mondays here now. Yeah. No, no, COVID, I know. Or else I would have. But next time, they get the storm out there, anyways. So probably. Yeah, it was like snowing up here like crazy. It was scary. Yeah, it's hard enough in the rain. Although we're supposed to have some in- insane rain, but that no one's impressed by that. <laughs> no, it's like ooh, four inches of rain. Other people are like, great, my car's buried. Um, I wish so- I wish it was raining here. I love rain. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it's been pretty intense. The only thing I don't like about it is that um, I have to move stuff around outside because my like patio area it's it's covered, but not by glass. It's covered by like curtains and stuff, outdoor mm-hmm. curtains, and I have to be I have to like pin them down to make sure all my stuff doesn't get wet. Um, oh no! Yeah, I've lost. I've lost some. Some good children's books to rain. <laughs> um, Berenstain Bears. The Berenstain Bears. <laughs> no, not the Berenstain Bears, but it was hilarious. I swear to God, you sent me that gif right after I finished reading one of those exact Berenstain Bears. Like, <laughs> obviously the original. Justine sent me the, like a gif of, or a meme of, uh, I used to love Berenstain Bears as a child, and it's the cover art except for one has a couple things added of like actual Berenstein Bears books, but they changed the title and it was like the angry drunk too much porn. Um, Please tell me I still have it on my, Oh, I still have uh, it. Why right is here. mommy moaning? Which is like this mean, mean drunk come down from math too much <laughs> yeah. porn. And why is mommy moaning? <laughs> and they had just read too much TV, which is what they turned into too much porn. Um, <laughs> And it was the original print from 1984, so it looked exactly the same when I was cracking up. But my client was like, what? I was like, the mean drunk one kills me. I know. And that one, holding added, like a baseball bat. I know. Well, it's because the it's like the broke the lie, I think, or something. That one where the, the window gets broken and like brother has to take responsibility or whatever. A Mormon, their brother and sister. But um, anyway, 
but they put like a black eye on Sister Bear and put a bottle of Jack Daniels <laughs> in Papa Bear's hand, and so it's like being drunk. That's uh, great. It's also funny too because like that is what those books are. They're all like life lessons. Um, obviously not about meth, but you know, last one I read was last week. We read too much junk food because we were talking about. Uh, they should. They could have called that one the munchies. Bears <laughs> get the munchies. Anyway, guys, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. We're talking about six feet under, and um, specifically episode nine, "Life's Too Short" of season one. Um, and six feet under came out in two thousand and one. Yes. I, yeah. I can't believe it was that long ago. Jesus. It's, it's wild, except when in rewatch, so this was Justine's pick, and I did not, I have not seen the full series, but I, I recall the show from not long after it aired. Or I, I don't know if I saw any of it while it was airing, or if I started watching episodes when Netflix became a thing, and I like got them on disc. I think I might have done that in like 2007 or something. But regardless, uh, it was a long time ago, and uh, it's interesting because I I told Justine when she picked Six Feet Under, I didn't pick the episode, but I just said, you know, gosh, this one episode always haunts me, and so naturally that's the one we're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, there's great stuff in every episode, and it, there's so much smart dialogue and, and a bunch of haunting shit. I mean, it's, it's about a, a family who marries people, and those funerals like of course it's going to be dark and it's hbo so suffice it to say there's there's a lot here in this show and in this episode yeah this is definitely one of my favorite series of all time this this is like whenever i hear the hbo like yeah (laughs) i always in my head will always hear that note ding um i'll always hear that Oh, Sex in the City? Yeah. Oh. Just because I, I watched w- that first. Not because I always either that. hear that or Entourage. Oh, yeah. Like that. Hey, hey. I didn't really watch Entourage. I've seen it, but um, I haven't, I don't know. I haven't given it. Oh, don't shit. worry. We're going to cover Entourage, too. <laughs> I, I'm not worried. I'm terrified. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, um, um and I used to like watch the show all the time with my dad. I probably not. It was before it ended, but not when it first premiered. But my dad and I, I whenever I would like have my visits with him when I was like really young, like well, yeah, you must have been early teens, I guess. Even before that, um, me and him, I I can't believe I used to watch the show with him because so many things in it. Um, but me and him used to just like stay up all night and watch like a whole entire season of it at once. And um, this was like before internet streaming, this was when if you wanted to watch a show, you either had to buy the DVDs mm-hmm. like a box set and that like 50 bucks. At least. Yeah. They were, they were so expensive back then. And then you either had to do that or illegally download like a BitTorrent mm-hmm. file. Like or- you couldn't just go online and, press it and watch it you had to like yeah. sit at your computer for three hours while this 
extremely big file downloaded and like ruined your computer oh god and you know you got so many junk files too like before you hit one that was real it's like you know when you go on youtube and you're like oh that's not the real video that's not the real video imagine that but you had to wait for all of those things to download for an hour before you even knew if they were the right video imagine it exactly and this show i just like i never forgot it over the years i always loved it and um i've been like like i rewatched entourage i watched the entire sopranos and then so i decided mm-hmm. to this is like my third or fourth rewatch all the way through oh, nice. and yeah i just love this show so fucking much there's like so many amazing actors in the show and i mean it's an hbo show like all hbo shows are good but right i agree um but there are you know some things are just kind of their own phenomenon and this show i mean it packs a punch from the beginning not to use like meaningless jargon um but we justine was really going back and forth between this episode and the pilot just because the pilot is so tight and establishes so much just within one episode. So this is definitely a show that's like, I'm in. You know, you're either in or you're out. And I think for most people, they're in. I've never heard anyone say that they don't like the show. Um, not that you have to like it, or we won't like you, but like, you probably like it if you're listening. So that's my guess. Uh, but um, yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that it was a you and your dad thing. Uh, my dad also... I didn't watch anything like this with him, but he also was also the type to be like, eh, it's late. You can watch what I'm watching, you know, not because he was un- irresponsible, but it was never anything I couldn't handle. He just like trusted me. And I was always like, thanks, dad. Um, <laughs> like, like he'd let me watch like Saturday Night Live and stuff when I was little, even though that's not and Jay Leno and stuff, even though that's like nothing. If you were my mom, that was oh, adult television, you know, so um, good old dad. Uh, right. So before we get into the episode, um, I know Justine's drinking wine. She managed to save half a bottle for her snowstorm provisions. <laughs> um, and I got a wine that I paired to the episode just for funsies because I like to do that. So it's a rosé from Spain because, you know, I love my rosés. Um, but... Okay, this one is... I'm going to hold it up close so you can see the, what it looks like. Can you see it? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a nice bottle. Yeah, it's cool. Okay, so... I wanted you to be able to see the words. So it's called Care. Again, it's from Spain. It's called... The winery is called Care. And the, the varietal is called Solidarity Rosé which I love. And as soon as I, I don't feel like this is phoning it in because I thought of it as soon as I saw it and I wasn't even thinking about Six Feet Under. But I was like, that'd be a really good wine because first of all, it's a face and it basically looks like a death mask on, on the bottle, whether that's what it's supposed to be or not. Um, it's a face, so it's a body, it's a core. Um, and then care is like, how did I describe this to Kyler? No, okay. So Solidarity Rosé because the premise of the show essentially is that Nate, Nathaniel, the eldest son comes back and ends up staying out of despite not wanting anything to do with this business, this family undertaker mortuary business. He stays out of solidarity with his deceased dad, it turns out, and his brother. Um, and the whole care is the, the special thing about Nate and the reason that he needs to be there is because he adds that care and compassion and empathy 
to the business. And that's what makes them special, you guys. And I'm not, that's not bullshit. That's like all very well established as lore. So not only does it tie in, but there, there you go. There's a little bit of background we already gotten done. So yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> crack if a twist open. And this is the best part. I got it at what is called Grocery Outlet here mm-hmm. in America. So this buddy that's like 12 bucks in, in uh, would be 12 bucks in the store was $3.99. Ooh. I know. I did not know the grocery outlet had real wine. Never, Only in America you never get making like, that discounted wines. Well, I just assumed it would be like two bucks chocolate gross like stuff there. Because I didn't grocery outlet used to be different when I was a kid. So forgive me. Um, when I was a kid, it was like pretty seedy and I hated going there. But we always have to go there because my mom like I don't know if your mom was like this, but she always had to go to like three different grocery stores to like get the best price on everything. You know what I mean? It's like they don't have this one at that store. Well, they have this, but it's like 20 cents cheaper at Knob Hill, whatever. And I used to have to go to every store, but now I've decided I forgive grocery outlets. And I, <laughs> okay. and I know that it tastes good because I've had it already. It just seems like, are you done talking? <laughs> I feel like you need to like whenever you do this you like kind of I know I'm the worst I'm sorry you guys I'm gonna here's my resolution to you I'm gonna try to stay this close to the microphone the entire time and that's my vow to you well only when you're talking obviously I mean when I'm speaking no I'm just gonna I'm just gonna it's like I'm rambling on you don't have to like <laughs> but I can if I want to. All right. Anyway, let's take it away, Justine. Life's too short. Okay. So there's lots of stuff. If you've never seen the show, spoiler spoiler alert. Literally twenty years. If you're twenty years late on it. Um. So every episode, the opening scene starts out with a death, and. Um, Some of the deaths are like random people. Some of them are connected to the family or the main characters in some way. And this one is connected. So we see Gabe um, playing video games. Gabe is Claire's friend slash, I guess, on and off boyfriend. He's the guy that screwed her over that she's not currently speaking to. Well, yeah, a guy that she hooked up with and really liked. Yeah, so basically in, like, the third episode... Okay, well, basically in the very first episode, him and Claire get high off crystal meth together. (laughs) And then that's when Claire gets the phone call that um, her dad died in a car accident. And she has to, like, go and deal with that when she's fucked up on drugs. And um, I... That's like one of the reasons why I was going back and forth because I'm like, that's my, like, literal worst nightmare. Well, and not only that, but then you see right off the bat what a phenomenal actress this person is i mean she's so good uh she's so good right and then so yeah it seems like they're coupled up he we talked about this uh off air but he doesn't have a a name in that episode he's just called claire's meth date (laughs) but um they he comes back this the next episode you know and Um, he's he's in it until um 
probably the end of the second season. Oh, okay. Because I, um, I, I didn't know how long his character would last. Because they do, you know, he becomes such a deeper character. This episode. And then I'm trying to remember if he comes back or not towards the end. I'm like halfway through season three right now. And there's well, five we, seasons. We so she ends up with uh, somebody different. So yes, spoilers. she does. Um, I only know that because you made me watch the ending scene. Of the guys, this show. is such a, this is like literally the best series finale of all time. Like if you're ever just in your feels and you just want like a cry, yeah. like just look up six feet under ending on YouTube and watch it. And I guarantee you'll cry if you don't, you, you have will, no soul. Especially even with your eyes closed, honestly, that song, that was like, well, that took me back. Sia, breathe me. I was like, dude, this mm-hmm. is my this is my sobbing song. I can't listen. Oh to yeah, song. that's that's like whenever I just like feel like being depressed, I put that song yeah, on, like, and it like, like instantly does it for me. You're like, I need to sulk really badly right now. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a fucking amazing. It's amazing. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so Gabe, the the so the history thus far with Gabe is that him and Claire were fooling around and he was like asking her to suck on his toes. And then she did. And then he went around and told they're in high school, FYI. Yeah. And then he went around telling everyone that she did that. And then they like spray painted on her car, Miss Piggy and everyone was kind of making fun of her. So, so the, um, the Fisher and sons funeral home where she lives, um, the funeral home that her brothers run, Mm -hmm. they had a dismantled body and she saw the foot. So she put it in her book bag and took it to school and put it in his locker. And that's, that's the history thus far with Gabe. And she didn't get, uh, in trouble because he didn't admit he he like lied about it because he didn't want in trouble for it either so like they're sort of even at this point it's just sort of like fuck you yeah fuck you um but obviously uh, you know that's not the dynamic in this episode but she, it's yeah that's where they left off just exactly like you said um and yeah so he's like at home and he's uh playing video games and then his friend comes over with weed can i just say a really close like yeah we're very quick fun fact maybe not so fun i don't know because this character is not very fun but this character um his friend that comes over was on the show did you ever watch the show undeclared it was like a judd apatow show and it was sort of supposed to be like the 90 or 2000s equivalent of um, freaks and geeks but it was college and jay baruchel my boyfriend is the main guy and um like uh, was it like freaks and geeks where it was really good but it only got one season it's very good it had two seasons i've never even heard of that how it didn't come get i any never buzz, heard of that but it's really good seth rogan's in it randomly uh not randomly because it's that whole crew so you adam sandler's in an episode yeah you would recognize like everybody but anyway this guy plays like a real the nerdy roommate named marshall and so i was just like oh marshall Anyway. I'm putting this in my phone because I'm going to uh We're definitely gonna do Freaks and Geeks and then we could do Undeclared. Oh Freaks and Geeks is on Netflix again, I think. Or maybe it was Hulu. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Oh Guys, it, it was like on Netflix for the shortest amount of time. And yeah. I think during that time I like watched it over twice and then it like disappeared and never came back. At least here in Canada, Canada and America Netflix. I think in 
just gonna have different like, content. I think I'm just gonna say fuck it and get like a DVD burner, like external drive to just burn DVDs to my computer because that's what's gonna end up happening. Because I have all of Pushing Daisies, I can just send it. You know what I mean? If I could just get the files on my computer, how easy is that? I'll just send it to you, and then you don't have to like. I thought you were going to say, I'm just going to say fuck it and buy a DVD player because that's what I'm thinking. And then well, just I would love buy- to do that too, but I want to be able to record, you know what I mean? I want to be able to share the content with you, not illegally put it on the internet, but share it with you specifically because we are going to podcast about it. You know what? I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get drunk by the end of this episode. I'm going to fucking do it. Just kidding. I'm not going to get drunk because I have to work tomorrow, but I am going to probably still do it. Uh, okay, so <laughs> Gabe's playing games. Um, and um and then uh, the guy what was his name somewhere um and like comes over he's like you got the drugs he's like no I don't got the drugs or something stupid and then you know obviously they're gonna smoke they go into his room and Gabe's little brother Anthony's there and he's like go play in mom's room and then Anthony uh, his little brother goes into the mom's room. He's looking around at everything. Meanwhile, Gabe and his friend are like getting high in his room. We see Anthony pull out something from under the bed and uh, it's wrapped up in like a T-shirt or something. And then it goes back to Gabe and his friend and you hear a gunshot. And then um, we don't see it, but... Uh, Gabe goes back and he sees what happened. So Anthony, uh, his little brother, accidentally shot himself with this gun. And um, Gabe's just like in shock, like, holy fuck. Yeah. Uh, holy shit. Holy fuck. Like, you know, um, and then. Yeah. And then his fr- his friend's like, oh, my God, I got to get out of here. His friend dips. And then screen goes white. Anthony Christopher Finelli, 1994 to 2001. No. The date down too, because I was just like, I don't know, I just feel like I have to write it down. Um, yeah. And believe it or not, he is not the youngest death on the show so far. Um, Andy. Andy is the friend. So I'm only, I, that only matters because it comes up later. Um, but yeah, and Andy bails. He's like, oh, I gotta go. And Gabe's like, what? And he's like, oh, yeah, I gotta get this shit out of here. Like, he uses the pot as an excuse to leave because he's. You know, he's terrified. I, I would be too. I don't. It's so well played out, and the person who plays Gabe is actually a really, really great actor. I don't know what happened to him. He was very in a lot of. He. Stuff. I looked up his IMDb. It's halfway through my thing. Okay, have you seen the movie Back Country? It's like an indie film. I don't think so. No. It's based on a true story. It's about this like couple that goes um camping in like the mountains and like uh, there's oh, a like severe bear attack oh no it's a really good movie but gabe's in that movie he's in one of the texas chainsaw massacre remakes um he's in the oc which i never watched but i know that show is huge and he was also he was also in can't hardly wait which so was claire and frederico so Oh my a lot of the cast of the show is in uh, can't. You know what? Wait. Whenever we decide that we're gonna like end a season, like like say this is the end of season one, that should be our season ender. Can't hardly wait, like for sure, right? I'm down. I love that movie. People in it. Oh my! I love that movie. Right. Um. Also, Gabe was in the movie What a Girl Wants. 
he played the daughter's oh, really? boyfriend. Yeah, you know that movie with um Amanda Bynes. No, sorry, not what a girl wants. Shit, sorry, what women want. He was oh uh, um, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, yeah, the the racist one. <laughs> <laughs> but before we knew that, um, I actually used to love that movie and Helen Hunt. And it, he she play he plays her daughter's boyfriend, but he's a dick. Like he turns out to be a dick. He just wanted to get sex on prom night. Ooh. Um, but anyway, he's a great actor. Maybe he just like led a normal life. I don't know. But uh, he just I mean the panic and the reaction and in, in, in the scene and throughout the episode are are very raw and real. And like this is why I remember this cold open so well. I felt sick inside. Not, I mean, it is because it's a child that died, but then the discovery of it, when I was going back to take notes, I was like, can I skip this part? I already know what happens. Like, it's just so, you can't not feel that like cold, like, what's in your gut? It's like, oh no, nothing will ever be okay again. Like, that's what I call that feeling. The nothing mm-hmm. will ever be okay again feeling. <laughs> no, totally. Um, um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of the more, like extreme deaths on the show which is saying a lot because like i said there's a death in every single episode um yeah so a couple episodes before this there was uh, a baby that died of SIDS. so like i said uh wasn't the youngest death so far so i think it was before this episode or maybe not. Maybe not. I, I don't know. It Unless it, I, I haven't seen eight, guys. Full disclosure, I am working my way through the series because uh, I liked it. Spoiler alert. But um, <laughs> I, I watched... Well, not really a spoiler. I know, but we're, gonna, we're starting this thing where we rate the other person's choice at the end. And I'm like, who knows? Um, but obviously, it's a good show. It's HBO, you guys. Uh, but So I've seen episodes one through seven and then nine but i didn't i ran out of time to watch eight before this like i literally finished seven as justine came on so um so i if i ask questions it's because i missed one episode or because i just have questions because that's what we do uh okay right and then so the death happens um and then so the episode starts the the official episode i guess Mm -hmm. david's working on a body and um Nate comes in and Nate's like, what are you mad at me for now? And David's like, well, my workload has doubled since Frederico's gone. Frederico is their main mortician. He's like the main guy that actually works on their bodies. Um, There's like an extremely brief storyline where Frederico decides to take a job working for their competitor. Um, They offered him more money than the Fishers could offer him. And um, the whole thing with Frederico is that like his character, him and his wife, they struggle with money a lot throughout the series. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he needed the money. Uh, He didn't want to work for them, but he's brothers. And the brothers are not jerks. There's an ongoing plot. They can't pay him more. There's an ongoing plot line of them being like close to, if not already bankrupt because they refuse, have refused to sell to and capitulate towards this mega company. That's like, um, you know, like very plastic, very all about money, very all about um, 
gains. Yeah, the the competitor is Kroner. They like own like a chain of funeral homes. And um, the opposite of what what my bottle is. So the opposite of care and solidarity. Exactly. So that's why the refusal. It's their dad's business and he passed away. And so they want to continue doing it and they don't want to sell out, if you will. And something that comes up every episode, depending on the character, but always happens with at least one of the characters is the dad who is deceased will appear to them as though alive. And it's, it's sort of, you know, reminiscing and remembering and, and maybe it is they're being visited by their dad, you know, it's kind of open to your interpretation. Uh, but like the dad in his visit, whether it's just the brothers remembering his true self. And do you, do you realize who the dad is? Well, yeah, he's a very, he's a very famous actor. He's the dad and stepbrothers. Yeah, girl. He's great. Um, I love that actor. I can't, of course, I can't think of his name. Um, Yeah, I have no no idea his name. um, Like, you know, he has flaws, of course, and both brothers had a lot of issues with him relationship wise. He wasn't exactly flawless, but his heart was always in the right place. And that's why he was so against Kroner. And oh, I just thought of Kroner is money. Isn't that like a Russian currency, Kroner, or used to be? It's something uh-huh. currency somewhere. Well, I, I think that's probably a nod. Like, they literally only care about money. Their name is money. Um, like, if I were called, like, you know, $100 bill or something. I don't know. Anyway. Um, um, like you said about the dad coming to them, that's yeah. like, like you said, that's an ongoing thing. And it's not just mm-hmm. the dad. It's um, they also... Oh, talk yeah, to, the, the, they also he, talk to some of the dead people who um uh, who like they're working on their bodies like sometimes like um oh, sometimes yeah. if certain deaths bother them they will talk to that dead person or other characters in the show who die along the way as well like that happens as well so it's that so the show awesome. does it does that beautifully and it also does um I don't even know how to explain it, but it's like, like there was an episode, for example, where David was at a pool and he was like insecure about being like this gay man at a pool. And he had this vision that everyone around him was like making fun of him for being gay. And then it oh. just kind of goes back. And then he realizes oh, yes. that like, no one's actually looking at him. Yes. There's um, a lot of fantasy moments like that, that are like, fantasy a moments, little bit yeah. like, I don't know if you watched scrubs, but the main character Mm-mm. famously has, Oh my gosh, really? It's great. Okay. Well, I'm going to make you watch scrubs. Um, it's a comedy, but you know, it has, it has a lot of, a serious tone to it as well because it takes place in a hospital and the whole point of the show from the get was to be realistic about how hospitals actually run so anyway but the main character is famous for having like these like daydreaming moments and you'll see what he's daydreaming about and then everyone around him be like God, like what are you thinking about why are you laughing you know that kind of a thing um so that and that's really mm-hmm. fun and sometimes they're very like sardonic um like here's a, a for instance like in the episode where the mom invites over her, her boyfriend that she was having an affair with before the father died mm-hmm. the, kid, the, the kids are meeting him and on separate occasions like when the, the mom and the boyfriend interact you'll see the kid, a kid face freaking out and then you see what the, that they're imagining just seeing their mom and him like fuck on the like 
on the counter right in front of them, which is, of course isn't happening, but it's like it gives you that insight into what a character is hearing or experiencing or imagining. Or like in one, Claire makes her teacher's head explode. Like it's really it's great. Yeah, it's uh, you just have to. It's like you just have to watch it. Um, So David's all pissy. And then he tells Nate that Nate failed the funeral director's licensing tests. So there's that. Which does come up. So, yeah, it does come up. Important to this episode. Um, And they argue. And yeah, it's kind of just gives a good blip of their relationship. Like David is the no nonsense straight. He's not straight, he's gay, but like very straight edged person who's like, you have to do things a certain way. Takes it extremely seriously. Right. And Nate's like, come on, man, I'm doing my best and I'm just trying to fit in. And, you know, but also David resents him for coming in and quote, saving the day when David himself has been there all along and feels really unappreciated. So. Yeah. So Nate, Nate had moved to Seattle. So in the pilot, um, Nate's coming home for Christmas to visit mm-hmm. and that's and the dad was on the way to the airport to pick Nate up and that's when he his car gets hit by a bus and he dies um so Nate is kind of like the hippie um I do what I want rebel type guy so that's why yeah. he wasn't there and David always just stayed at home and uh worked with the family business so it's like it's very yeah. metal childy like Nate was like, I don't want your business. Nate never was always freaked out by the funeral thing, always creeped out, always afraid of death. And I think being that way led David to be like, Well, here's my place. Here's how I please dad. I'll be into it. But then, of course, he and the dad had their own complications. And so it's, you know, that's why people should like not pit their children against each other, one might say. Anyway. Yeah, so um, we see the square dancing seniors in one of the viewing rooms there. So yeah, explain. Um, that. I missed that. Base basically, what happened was they're they're broke. They have no money. So um, the, the seniors' home needed a place to do their square dancing lessons, and Nate decided to rent it out to them because. They could do it on times when they wouldn't have a viewing and they would pay them a lot of money to dance there. Mm-hmm. And then the teacher who runs the square dancing classes, um, I wrote down his name at the end. Um, mm-hmm. But anyways, him and David basically start fucking. It's Kurt. I remember because it's so close to Keith. Kurt. Kurt. Kurt, yes. I knew it was a K name. Yeah, Kurt, he's a um, younger gay guy, like a late 20s gay guy, probably. And David's like, you know, 30s, okay, well, we'll get into it during like their scenes, but that pissed me off because they tried making David to be this he's like old man older. when he's supposed to be, he's supposed to be 31 in here. He's supposed to be 31 and Nate's supposed to be 35. So. You're gonna be, but I do. I could like okay, but like if I tried to go out right now with a 26 year old, I'm 30. I'm gonna be 33 in next week. Um, like if I tried going out with a 26 year old right now, I probably would feel like fucking old. <laughs> I mean, when I was 26 and I tried dating a 21 year old, I felt like an old person. You know what I mean? It's just that's just the law of when you're not in your 40s and 50s yet, I guess. I feel like if I was 39 and dating a 35-year-old, it would be like nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody's got to have their 20s, I guess. 
You're still yeah, indoors, darling. When's your birthday? July. Oh. 30-30? Mm-hmm. Don't remind me. <laughs> I'm depressed about it. Um, well, at least COVID should be way better by then. Well, back on the death thing, every time I say, like, oh, I don't want to get older, my mom always says to me, it's better than the alternative. Yeah. So... <laughs> That's true. Be grateful for those. No, I get it. Uh, yeah. You won't care once it's like 31. You'll be like, oh, that's the same as 30. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, Where so Gabe and... David- oh, sorry. I was just... David's cruising the instructor is all I wrote down. Um, yeah, there's a scene with Ruth and Hiram, but oh my whatever. She's not, she couldn't be unnecessary. She just, I don't, do you think she really likes him? I don't know where it goes from here. Or do you think she just really needs to be moved on and, and she has, and she's neglecting going for the guys that she's actually attracted to? I don't think she's into Hiram as full. No. Do you want me to tell you or do you want, no, yeah. want me to tell you? Spoiler alert. Go ahead. But like, you're are you gonna continue watching it like do you want me to tell you i don't know well nikolai showed me the end (laughs) well yeah i know but nikolai her boss at the flower shop who's in this episode i think yeah so they end up like dating and he's he's fucking hilarious i love nikolai (laughs) okay yeah he's so so funny he's he's a little bit of a He's a little bit of like a shithead, but his character is so funny. Yeah. There's like a really hysterical Hiram. scene in one episode. Hiram is Hiram's a, boring as fuck. Well he's so like a he's such a pleaser. I'm just like, ugh. So annoying, Hiram. And your name's Hiram. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I agree. FYI Ruth is the mom. Yes, Ruth is the, the matriarch of this ship. Um, yeah, he's like, let's go camping. Our anti- it's our anniversary. And she goes, we don't have anniversaries. So I'm like, uh, Hiram, read the room. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, and then Gabe and his mother are meeting with the are meeting with the brothers, David and Nate, um, regarding Anthony's services. Anthony, the six-year-old. Yeah, so the mom is obviously crying hysterical. She's like, mm-hmm. I can't see him in a box. Yeah. And then David says, all right. And then he checks something off on his little sheet. And then Nate says, "Um, seeing your son one last time might help you to let go. And then she says, I don't want to see him. David says, of course, we'll arrange for a closed casket ceremony. Will three days give you enough time? Um, And the mom is just like out of it, just like staring. Gabe's like, yeah, uh, that'll be fine. So... That's when David says, um, you know, Nate will show you out. And the square dancing teacher, Kurt, is there. And as Nate is walking Gabe and his mom out, David, he says to David, oh, what happened? And David says, six-year-old found a gun, was playing with it. Um, and then as da- Gabe is walking out the door, this he gives him the death certificate, right? Like, that's what yes. that was? Yes. Because he just hands him a piece of paper and he's like, oh, the hospital gave this to me. So he said it's like a receipt or something. Do you need it? And it's just yeah. heartbreaking because it goes to show you he's so young. He doesn't know how to handle this. But his mom, you know, is, is a wreck because her six year old child died and she blames herself. 
And, you know, obviously we hear, we know based on what happens in a little bit, it's never been a stable household, you know, so it's just, it's really heartbreaking. And and it it gets even like sadder as it goes on with Gabe. But um, Claire sees him from the top of the stairs. Like I said, they have lots of history at this point. And, and she looks confused and she asks Nate, like, why is he here? And then Nate obviously tells her. So she goes outside and she's like, oh, my God, my brother just told me I'm so sorry. Yeah. And then Gabe says, I, I didn't know where else to go. My grandma had her funeral here. And this like just want to remind everyone listening. This was before 2001 when you could just uh, Google things, you know, <laughs> It's not, it's not like uh, now where you can just Google oh, funerals. Right. And even, but I, that actually, I didn't, I didn't bump on that at all because to me, A, he's young. So he would be like, I don't know what you do. I know a person who has a funeral home. Right. But, and B, you're overwhelmed. So even if you're not young, you might be like, for something so personal, you'd be like, well, I actually know somebody who has a funeral home. They must be good. Like, even though she put a foot in my locker. Um, and I could see that happening. Like if somebody died in my life, I'd be like, I don't know where are we supposed to go. I guess we'll go to this funeral home. Cause I remember it from da da da. you know, that might just be my first reaction. Um, so I liked that, you know, I, I thought that was really well put and he's just so defeated and, and he walked away, you know, um, but you, you know, that it's like not the end of it, obviously. Um, yeah really really feeling for him um and then we switched over back to david and nate fighting again and this time nate is like i thought we were supposed to encourage people to have a viewing and yeah then david says it's not our job to tell people to do something they're not ready to do sorry i don't want to be faced with restoring a six-year-old's body do you it's not our job it's not our job to tell people the right thing because it'll make us feel better which was totally a fair response because Nate was like, sometimes you just don't want to work any harder. And it's like, Nate, shut up, dude. You don't do any of the hard work. Like you can't right now. Like you can't anyway, but he was just doing it to have something on David because he's the one that, that failed at death. Um, but I was on David's side there. David was being, and you know, I don't blame him for, I mean, the kid shot himself in the face. I don't really know that. I mean, it's TV, but you guys, I don't, it's not, it's not a thing. Like those pieces, it's not a puzzle, you know? Anyway, I'm not going to get into it more. I just, I don't believe it's possible to reconstruct that. So if I'm Well, wrong, they re, they reconstructed the guy that like fell into the blender thing. Who's, no, but, whose foot it was. That was he, the only part was, that was missing. <laughs> but, but he was chopped. This kid wasn't chopped. He was blown. You know what I mean? Different. A D, a D, like a body that's dismembered can be membered again. It can be like placed. No, I know, but um, the job that Frederico actually left them to go do, it was a girl who smashed her whole entire face in because her death, she was, um, she was like in a limo with her friends celebrating that she just got divorced. She's like, oh, I should have left him years ago. And then she stands up in the limo to like, look out and like, woo. And then her face hits like a light and, and they show like the picture of like her head. 
and it's like completely well, like smashed in. Okay, this is fiction, so I actually don't know how much you can reconstruct. I'm just I don't saying. know how much you can reconstruct in, either. In the but world. I'm as I'm assuming a lot though. Like I'm assuming this isn't too to much far from reality. Close range. It's true. You're right. It's true. It's true that it didn't blow his face up. It's just what I pictured. I don't know because, uh, like, some what he thinks some people get shot in the eye or whatever. But anyway, uh, I'm gonna move on. It's starting to feel sick. Um. Oh, and then there's this random scene in the floral shop with some guy. Who comes in? Uh, oh, this scene is hilarious. It's pretty funny. He comes in and he asks for. He asks about roses and um, he says, "You know, what does white symbolize?" And so Ruth is telling him what all the different colors symbolize, and he's like, "Okay, I don't know." And he's like really agitated, and he's like, "What would you get for a cheating girlfriend?" And like he tells the story about how his girlfriend left him for his best friend and or his fiance or whatever and then um he's like so what would you do for that and she just goes yellow (laughs) she's just like i don't know and then he's like okay great two dozen yellow roses to this address like you know very sincerely and she says what would you like the card to read he says fuck you cunt and she goes it'll be more personal if you write that yourself (laughs) pretty funny um and then she asks Frederico, not Frederico, what's the first? Nikolai. Nikolai, the Russian one. Um, the, the Russian name, I meant, not the Hispanic name. Um, the blah, blah. She asks him if she can go away f- for camping, which is weird because it's like she doesn't even want to go, but maybe she does it to get a reaction. Um, and it's clear that he is, Nikolai is jealous of Hiram, but he's playing around he's like he's like oh you do you have plans with that guy who drives the funny little car and then she's like it's an electric car it's good for the environment he's like beep beep (laughs) and he's laughing he's laughing and she goes why are you laughing he goes because you aren't (laughs) 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 she's laughing at him anyway uh anyway it's sort of just like ugh, this trips like what a bummer i don't even like i don't like camping and then knowing their dynamic i'm just like ugh, what a bummer like i feel it in my bones that this trip's a bummer um and then nate arrives at brenda's and okay can i tell the history of nate and brenda thus far yeah please do um so nate and brenda met in the pilot episode as well they met um i guess on their flight from seattle coming back and um they they get off the thing or whatever and then they're giving each other their number and then he's like oh my dad's supposed to be here already and then she goes i can give you a ride and then he's like no no no, my dad's picking me up and then she's like i wasn't talking about that kind of ride and then they like have sex at the airport like in the closet somewhere or whatever and then um when he gets the call that the dad died brenda actually comes with him and she just never leaves she's just they have an immediate connection and they just stay together. And by the way, um, Rachel Griffith, I think is her name who plays Brenda. Uh-huh. She's in that show, that Amazon prime show. I told you about the wilds. Oh, really? Yeah. She's like one of the main characters in that show. Anyways, she's, she's great. Uh, she's like one of the best parts of the show in my opinion there's like oh. a really there's a season two there's like a really fucking good storyline with her i can't wait till you watch it she is 
my favorite, if not for Claire. Thea and Clary. Clary. Claire are David's my favorite. My favorite. Really? David and Keith to get oh spoiler oh. alert, they get back together. Oh well I I figured. Well I but but um David and Keith together are my favorite. They're so funny. I love David. I love David too, but um I I guess just the power performance wise, they give such powerful those two women give such powerful performances. Yeah, Rachel Griffith. <laughs> um so nate goes to brenda's house and she's like i'm in the shower and nate's just like talking he's venting he's like oh i had a hell of a day and he's sitting down and then someone comes up behind him and starts rubbing his shoulders (laughs) and it's never too late and he's like ah and it's billy who is brenda's brother who is played by jeremy sisto Sisto, we we love him they're number one guys this is our second jeremy sisto joint first 13 now he played he played the mom's uh drug addict boyfriend on 13 um so his character billy on the show is so fucking extreme he has bipolar he has bipolar disorder i don't know if this happens before or after this episode did they already go to vegas or no where you are for the funeral directors conference no no okay well i don't don't want to spoil it for you because it's so good creepy as fuck can i say i know we're not talking about them oh um yeah billy of billy and brenda are fucking terrifying when they first met nate i thought they were gonna try and fuck him like i thought that's what was happening they're so fucking weird and they're both therapists there's so much backstory you guys you gotta watch it but like they're crazy 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 people so billy and brenda have a lot of fucking issues but they're also really smart and that means you know but but billy is like severely bipolar um he doesn't want to take his meds i mean i I just don't want to spoil it for sarah because it's so good Mm. i mean he's definitely younger than brenda but we don't really know by how much i mean i would say mid-20s yeah and a couple episodes back he's hanging out with claire like that's maybe gonna be a thing but then he's he switches and suddenly he's like you're 16 what do you think about pedophile and she's yeah. confused until brenda explains that he's bipolar he does like a lot of really insane things um a lot of really insane really inappropriate things too. the whole entire like arc with him is just so insane and i never even looked up like the emmys or whatever from the show but if he never won an emmy then i don't know what the frag we should uh we should make- Michael's Michael C. Hall, who plays David, has definitely won a bunch. We should because then he got his own show after this. He was Dexter. Yes, we need to watch so that. we do. That's I'm gonna rewatch that after I finish this. Cause I don't I never even finished Dexter. I think I only watched Neither the first I. two seasons. So we need to get Jeremy Sisto merch. <laughs> I know coast to coast cocktails jeremy sisto is yeah. a babe we should make it look like one of those like like teen bop magazine covers and like an illustration of him it'll be great 
You live in California. Like, what would you do if you like met him at the grocery store or something? I'd probably okay. You know what I would do? It's would so you be funny. like me and my friend have a podcast, and all we do is talk about how fucking talented you are and how we both want to bang oh you? <laughs> uh, no, no, I wouldn't do that. I'd probably like get next to him in line so that there had to be some kind of small talk, and then I'd try to be funny. And then I'd like try to have a conversation with him, but I would not acknowledge that I knew who he was until he was like, I'm Jeremy Fistone. I'd be like, actually, I uh, recognize you, but I don't live in LA, girl. I live in Marin. <laughs> there are famous people here, but it's like the old retired ones. Yeah, but you're closer than I am. Well, that's true. Well, lots of like famous people. In New York City than I am. So Lots of people like walk around Toronto, I guess, like famous people, but yeah um robin williams lived here r.i.p really yeah the uh the bridge that goes from he lived in marin he lived in tiburon which is um where i was earlier today to get our lunch and on on liz bentley feathers in my hair she was talking about him her episode uh yesterday um yeah because amber from teen mom was like you shouldn't talk about a mentally ill person like me in the press. Hasn't nobody learned from Anthony Bourdain or Robin Williams? And um, Liz was just like getting heated, rightfully so, being like, yeah. they didn't kill themselves because of no. the tabloids talking about them. Absolutely not. Sorry, who said that? Amber from Team oh, Mom. Fuck Amber. Canadian Amber. Yeah. She hasn't changed then. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, her. but Robin but, Williams struggled, and he also knew he also had found out. A lot of people don't know this, but he had found out that he was diagnosed with Lewy body syndrome, which is like Parkinson's, except more severe. I think she that. talks about that because she oh, okay. says like because she says like he he would what like he basically ra- would rather have died than like yeah he chose live like, with that, was, which is sad. Him, it is really sad, but in his for him, it, that was his way of dying with dignity. It could have been influenced by other things. I don't know, but that was a factor. My um, my aunt, my mom's sister, unfortunately uh, passed away from Lewy body, and it was really bad. Like it was really severe. You know, the degradation of her, everything. You know, it's, it's what's it called? Lewy body. Like, how do you spell that? L U E. I'll just I'll just spell it how I think Louis it's spelled. Body. Oh, I found it. Lewy body dementia. Yeah, so it's a type of dementia where also you're. you're Great. Now I'm gonna look at the symptoms and like. Down. Well, hey, I get all freaking um, paranoid. Yeah, so it's like having dementia and Parkinson's at the same time, kind of. Oh yeah, Jesus so the, Christ! The body breaks down and then the the mind as well. Um. So, you know, whatever. Anyway, yes, there's a Robin Williams um, Memorial Tunnel. Well, they named it the Robin Williams Memorial Tunnel that goes from Marin into San Francisco. It takes you to the Golden Gate Bridge. And Mm -hmm. there's a rainbow painted on all of the entrances, each of the entrances. Isn't that pretty? It's like a tunnel, and the tunnel is a rainbow. Oh, nice. Robin Williams Memorial. Oh, nice i mean i just i feel like every he's one of those deaths that affected like 
just everyone like if you've ever watched a movie in your life it affected you you know what I mean every time I still think about it I think oh like it's still like doesn't it still kind of blow your mind a little bit it does that one and Brittany Murphy they still like I'm just like for me like him like him and Michael Jackson were like the two for me that like Mm -hmm. I remember exactly where I was when I found out like the the exact moment feels like it was yesterday, which by the way, speaking of uh, untimely celebrity deaths, RIP Dustin Diamond. Oh, pour one out for you. He died today. Did you know about that? I did not know that. He was only diagnosed with cancer like three weeks ago. And then today he passed away. Fuck, dude. That is terrible. Oh my god. You didn't know about this? No. I don't know why. It wasn't popping up in my news. Wow. Oh. Well. R.I.P. Dustin Diamond. He sure left a legacy, but still. R.I.P. for sure. He was only, what, 44? Yes. That's Mm -hmm. so young. Well, one, one like beautiful thing about this show and we'll get to it. It's right at the end of the episode, but it's my, one of my favorite scenes in the whole entire series. Um, But the show literally makes you like look at death differently instead of it being such like, such like a sad thing, which it is like this show literally there's so many different kinds of deaths and so many different relationships that we see come in and out of it that like some of the deaths can be happy. Some are sad. Some are like, Oh, well, it was just his time. Oh my God. He lived such an old life. Like, and it just makes you look at death differently. And like, obviously it's sad when someone goes that way and it's fucked up and everything, but it's like, like like I said, we'll get into it, but Nate has a line where he's like, at the end of the day, we're all just taking time bombs. Yeah, I have a, I have that clip. That was yeah. such a solid ending. Yeah. And, um, uh, and, and yeah, he says like one of my favorite lines in that thing in the whole entire um, series. But yeah, it's, uh, I don't really know where I was going with this, but it, it makes, it makes you it realize makes you- like, I agree with you. It makes we're you, all gonna die, you know. It forces you to look at death long enough that you contemplate it instead of fear, just fearing it, and then it allows you to experience so many other emotions besides just grief. When, when that is not a word. When uh, discussing death and all the things that come along with it, that that actually make it feel like a less scary slash permanent slash nothing will ever be okay feeling type of thing. Uh, you know, it's not escapism. None of us are thinking we're escaping it. We're not avoiding anything. We're not covering our ears and singing la 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 la. We are just living with it every day the way a family in this position would have to as well. And Actually, the thi- it's, it's like crazy because the thing with death is like, it's the one thing that every single person in the earth has in common. Like, Absolutely. It's the one thing we all have in common with each other is that like we're all going to die. And it's the one thing that 
you can be absolutely sure of. You can be sure of anything in life. Anything could happen. The only thing you could possibly be sure of is that you are going to die one day. So the one thing you want to be sure of. (laughs) For for me, at least when I think about it that way, it's like more, it's like comforting kind of, because it's like, when I can sit, I don't know when I can sit in a room with death and just be like, neutral about it and contemplative <laughs> that's when i know that my meds are working when i'm doing well when jeez oh, when death scares no because it's just an for me it's an indicator that my anxiety is spiking because that's where my brain will go is just focus on death focus on death who might die when might they die how is it possible that i'm not dead now if i think about it long enough will i die you know like that kind of shit and it's from my childhood and it's from my ocd and all that but um I didn't mean to make it sound like I'm like overly medicated. I just meant it's a really good check-in point for me when I start fixating on death. That's how I know there's something going on, whether it's my PTSD, my OCD, or like my period or something, you know, like whatever. Damn. Yeah. Um, When I went to college, when I left for New York, uh, I got... At the time, I was like, oh, I must have just been really depressed. But now I think I was just in full-fledged PTSD, like, extreme the whole time I was there. Mm -hmm. Um, And all I could think about was life and death to the point that, like, I I had to be... This is where the habit of having to, like, be doing something at all times came from for me. Like, I had to be drawing or reading or eating or... Well, not eating because I was anorexic or working out, or something, like, I couldn't, there couldn't be silence, and just nothingness, because it scared the shit out of me, um, but anyway, yeah, and this show is something that deals with that in a really helpful way, entertaining and helpful, um, mm-hmm. but anyway, so after Billy kind of pranks Nate by rubbing his shoulders, uh, Brenda comes in, and she's like, I don't really feel like cooking, so you guys can f- figure out what we're having, um, delivered, Right. And then so we cut to them eating takeout at the table. And that is my first clip because it's a great dialogue and it really speaks to. And by the way, right now I'm pulling a Brenda because at her place, her kitchen table is kind of like on the floor. Like they all they all just like sit and eat on the floor around the table. And right now I'm sitting on the floor like cross legged with my drink. So I'm on the floor, too. In my closet. Well, cheers to that. We're pulling a Brenda Chenoweth. I heart Brenda. She reminds me a lot of, um, I can't remember her name, uh, Juliette Lewis. Cheers. Really? This yeah. guy that like came into my work all the time used to call me Juliette Lewis. He's like, you remind me of her so much. See that? Really? He was the only person that ever said it to me, but he said it to me every single time he saw me. me. It wouldn't have occurred to me, but... um, What was I going to say? Oh, she also looks a lot like my sister-in-law, which is a compliment to my sister-in-law. Hey, Lindsay. I don't think she listens to this, because she... (laughs) Hey! (laughs) She's very Republican, so she probably wouldn't like it, but... (laughs) Love you, Lindsay! Uh, anyway, okay, here is our first clip. Oh, that shit was all over the news. Six years old, right? Fuck. Some people should just not be allowed to have kids. Mm. She just sat there like a ghost. 
Just like she'd been erased. I felt so fucking helpless. Oh, my God. That poor woman. In Nigeria, there's this tribe that when a baby dies, they throw the body into the bush because they believe if buried, the dead infant would offend the earth gods, which bring fertility and food. Hmm. And then there's the Chinese that consider the death of a child a bad death, where the parents and grandparents aren't expected to go to the funeral. Or the Balinese mother, who's counseled to remain cheerful after the death of her infant because grief makes one vulnerable to illness and malevolent demons. Well, that was informative. Yeah, well, I thought it'd be good to read up on your boyfriend's line of work. And what a man does is, well, it's who he is. Right, Nate? Uh, yeah. A man should know the history of his chosen profession if he expects to be anything but an amateur. So I'm an amateur? <laughs> well, I prefer the term dilettante. And what are you, Billy? Running around with your camera, taking pictures of other people's lives. Boys. You really think knowing a bunch of arcane National Geographic shit is gonna help me cope with a six-year-old who shot himself in the head? Now, there are plenty of places in the world where a kid dying is pretty common, but we can't deal with it because a dead child is the greatest failure of a culture that believes it's reversed the order of nature. This was an accident, this wasn't nature. You know what I find interesting? If you lose a spouse, you're called a widow or a widower. If you're a child and you lose your parents, then you're an orphan. But what's the word to describe a parent who loses a child? I guess that's just too fucking awful to even have a name. Okay, and there was our first clip. Uh, I really wanted to include that. I actually wrote the whole thing down and then decided to include the clip anyway because it's, first of all, like, it's just really well acted, but also you can hear the frenetic energy of Billy and the jealousy and the need for the attention to be on him. Like, it's like such a, like, pissing contest type thing going on. Except mm -hmm. Nate sort of doesn't want to participate and then Brenda just shuts it down and she's just like, hey, your kid died. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Basically. Um, so I just thought that was so well done. Yeah. Well, Nate hates him. Oh. And like yeah. rightfully, rightfully so. Like I said, I don't want to spoil it for you, but rightfully so. Now well, we even, get to... Even at oh, this sorry. Point, no, even at this point, he's like been enough of a nuisance and like watching on them fucking and like Messed, messed with his sister's head and it's like yeah there's plenty and also he like it seems like he wants to fuck his own sister so it's like Ugh. anyway go ahead oh now we get to a david scene which makes me um, so happy because david's my favorite um in the club so basically at this point, David is going to meet up with Kurt, the square dancing instructor at a gay nightclub. But quick history about David's background. He had a boyfriend who was in the pilot and, God, every episode. Yeah, but, but they were together um, and David 
wasn't out yet and him and the boyfriend broke up and then David, um, you know, they don't really say it, but it's kind of implied that he has like a, a sex addiction, I guess, because really? he gets. David? Oh, oh, am I spoiling this for you? I'm no, like, I love it. I love hearing. I, I didn't think about that. I just thought so much. Well, about he he gets like things. he gets like male prostitutes, and he meets That's guys true. online, and he every basically after him and Keith break up, every time you think he's gonna like have a night alone, because right. he. He still lives at the actual house that's where they live, uh, Fisher and Sons, but he doesn't live like in the house, like where Claire and Ruth are. He has his own kind of, uh, like he lives in like the guest house, I guess, outside. Um, but anyway, so every time you that think that, <laughs> yeah, he's going to be like alone for the night, he always like ends up calling one of those like hotlines right. where someone talks to you and like, you know right i i wonder if that's sex addiction or if i guess i read it as like loneliness but perhaps it's both and sex addiction is his answer to loneliness <laughs> like obviously that's- well it, well i'm not going to ruin it for you but you have to watch the vegas episode well justine it wouldn't ruin it but thank you i'll trust you well because uh, something well something huge happens with billy and with with david oh as well does Billy fuck David? Oh my god, no, I wish. Oh, I was like, is that the big surprise? Because I'm excited. I wish. Okay, no. Mm. So wrote, anyways. I just oh. wrote, can I tell you what I wrote? Yeah. David at the club with new guy. Uh, new guy is Kurt, who gives him X. Tripping, dancing, and making out. That's what I wrote. <laughs> well, you pretty much summed it up, so yeah. They meet up and the guy's like, oh, I, th- I thought you weren't going to show. And David's like, no, trust me, I needed this after the day I had. So he's like, here, take this. And David's like, what is this? He's like, ecstasy, you're going to love it. He's like, well, are you going to take one too? He's like, well, I'm already there. Let's dance. He's like, David's like, I'm not a good dancer. And then Kurt's like, don't worry, you will be. And then <laughs> we see them on the dance floor and David's just like going ham and um <laughs> exactly so sarah's goofy. doing the dance and he's like bringing david water he's like trust me you're gonna need this water he's and david, water so david's much water. just like yeah hilarious it's great he's awesome no he did such a good job in that scene where he's just like getting loose and he's just like flopping his arms above his head with his head down <laughs> he's the best he's so funny um he's great yeah and then the next morning they're meeting with a woman oh, who is burying her mother and then yeah. This is like the perfect kind of um I don't I don't know the word to like yeah, okay, so the woman that's burying her mom is crying and she's like, She was only sixty-three. That's so young. Isn't that so young? And then it's like, you know, they have to deal with a six-year-old that just died. So no, sixty-three is not that young, you know. The perfect foil. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and David is clearly hung over AF in the scene. Really funny. That's the funny thing too, is this not only is this the opposite of what we're dealing with with the six-year-old, but this is the opposite of the usual dynamic because David is so hung over he can barely open his eyes. 
he's still wearing his clothes from the night before he's in like the polo shirt and jeans which is very unlike him david is always in a suit so always in a suit and so nate is doing all the talking um and he's sort of just like well i don't know what's going on here but uh i guess i'm in charge (laughs) so it's just kind of a funny and then like they get to the end and then like a beat too, too late david's like yes anything anything you need at all <laughs> it's a it's a light moment despite the fact that this poor woman is burying her mother um yeah and then we're at high school yeah so gabe's friend um andy, andy is talking to his friends about what happened he's like oh and then uh, and then uh, and then Claire walks up. The good thing I was there. It's like, oh, fuck you. you yeah, she's like, how's Gabe? And then his friend's like, being such a dictator. He's like, I don't know. It's weird over there. His mom's all freaked out. And she's like, okay, but what about Gabe? And he's like, look, Morticia, I'm not interfering. And um, Claire just is so witty and she has really great one liners. So she goes, by the way, Parker told me how one of your testicles is like freakishly small, like a peanut. And then all of his friends start laughing and he's like, that's not true. Um, Parker is Claire's like best friend, if you will. This girl that she meets, who's like this, basically like the high school slut i guess uh she like fucks all the teachers and everything but her and claire like best friends it's a the girl the girl is really entertaining and there's some really funny um scenes with her there's an episode where her and claire do shrooms oh wow and they and they like stay at um and they stay at Claire's house and like Ruth comes in and Claire's like hugging her she's like i love you so much mom (laughs) it's really funny (laughs) Justine, have you done any of the drugs mentioned in the show? Um, I've done mushrooms. Mm. I've done. Are you asking me if I've done ecstasy? Yeah. I've never done ecstasy, but I've done MDMA. Oh, okay. I don't know. Like, I know that MDMA is, I think it's like a chemical in ecstasy. Uh-huh. Like, I think ecstasy is like more yeah, intense like, like speed right i yeah i guess so but or is um, that molly is mdma molly mdma's molly oh okay i oh, think okay. yeah yeah. um yeah, i've only ever done it once and i hated it and i'll never do it again like i don't understand how people are like so happy and like love their lives when they're on that shit because that was not the case for Did me it just, like what i don't want to feel like i just felt like out of control like mm-hmm. I don't know. I just didn't. I loved mushrooms. Like I would do freaking mushrooms again in a heartbeat if like it, I had. You know, it seems like the more natural, the the better the result. You know, weed and mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, like I'm I haven't, not. I haven't done mushrooms, but I'm just based on what people have said. Yeah, um, I don't know, like what really the difference in like MDMA or like ecstasy is with like the way you feel or like the come down. People say they're the same. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I really bad, that. really bad come down. Just a really weird feeling that I didn't like. Like I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything. Like I didn't want to dance. I didn't want to sing. I didn't want to like. I literally just you wanted to long. like be alone. Like I remember, like yeah. 
I wasn't on it by myself. Like a bunch of us were on it. And I just remember like taking a blanket and putting it over my head and just like (laughs) chilling there like that the whole night. And everyone's like, are you okay? And I'm just like, I don't like this feeling. Like I just want it to go away. Like I don't understand how people like go to music festivals with like thousands of people around them and are like, maybe I just had like a bad badge or I don't know. Or you just react. I mean, it's all about chemistry. Who knows? I mean, I'm give, give me alcohol over that shit any fucking day. And also the come down. Like I, this is why like I don't do cocaine. Like, I don't mind actually being on cocaine because it doesn't really feel like anything. You just like feel like you just want to talk like this nonstop. Like if I did a podcast on cocaine, like it would be like 10 hours long. But but the come down from it is like the worst thing in the whole entire world. Like you feel so depressed for like two weeks straight. You feel awful. And um, yeah that's you hear that mom i said no thanks (laughs) that's why that's why like i can't do drugs but i don't remember having like a bad come down from mushrooms actually i remember like feeling completely fine the next day so i don't know like you said maybe it's because it's like natural it's not like not um it's not a foreign entity in your body what are mushrooms like obviously i know they're mushrooms but like you know how weed is like a plant i guess that you buy and then you like is that can you is that how mushrooms are made like do people grow them in their backyards like they do with weed i don't know if they're grow. i don't know that for a fact i do know that they are a specific species of mushrooms so they're they're either i don't know that they're grown but i do know that they're they're harvested um so people harvest them which is how other mushrooms are procured you know in in cooking they're generally harvested in the areas that they grow in um, because it can depend on the matter and the earth and the animals that are around there and blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, and yeah, the, they just work because our bodies naturally react that way. There's, you know, there are a lot of theories that similar types of yeast or germs or fungi much like a mushroom, um, grew, not yeast, sorry, fungi grew on yeast products like bread um, back in the days of the Salem witch trials, and that caused, and those things caused hallucinations, and no one knew what a hallucination was, and so, this is a theory, and so the theory is that many women became considered to be witches because they were actually reacting to this bread and having hallucinations or other people hallucinated that people were witches. Like either way, like hallucinogens were in the mix. Um, so that's like the, the main theory for what was really going on during the Salem witch trials. Wow. Have yeah. you ever done like mushrooms or any I of those drugs? Not. I would be more open to it now that I'm like, would you do it with me? Like if I came to California, gonna say if i i'm stable in my life so if i as long as i was with somebody i with people i trusted and like knew that i was going to be safe like absolutely they say that they say it's not going to hurt my body it's a mushroom you know like as long as yeah it's it's, as long as it's great i guess like like i said i i only did it once and i had a really good time on it and um 
but obviously, you know, you hear horror stories of people saying like, you know, you have to be around people that you really trust and you have to be in a really safe environment and this and that, or you'll yeah. have a bad trip. But like, I was scared to do it because that's all I ever heard was like, be safe. But I didn't really think about it too much. I was just like drinking a glass of wine and like <laughs> chewing them. And then I like, I don't know, I can't even explain what it was like. Like, I remember going to the bathroom and I was like sitting on the toilet and the tiles on the bathroom floor were like moving like this. <laughs> like it, it looked like little like worms or something were like surrounding me, but it wasn't like freaking me out. I like thought it was cool. I was like, Very Alice in Wonderlandy. Yeah. And then I remember like <laughs> thinking I was in a Tim Burton movie the whole time. Like I literally felt like I, mean, I was like, in a Tim Burton movie, which I love Tim Burton is, movies, so I thought it was cool. <laughs> this, is, this is like what half the Beatles songs are about, right? <laughs> literally, and like maybe this is why I felt good because I wasn't like drinking or anything. Because I, like I said, when I was actually chewing them, like I was drinking before, like I was drunk before, but when I did them, like I couldn't drink. Like I had a glass of wine and I kept trying to take a sip and the wine was like tripping me out. So every time I went to go take a sip, I was like, and then I kept like trying to light a cigarette and I like couldn't cause it was like making me feel so gross. Like I was like Ooh. thinking that I was smoking you know, a cigarette. You know what I mean? Like it was weird. You know, hallucinogens are used in some like new agey practice therapeutic practices to like help with ptsd and shit like microdosing, and they can help they think microdosing can help with addiction that's very interesting to see and you should like do a study it could be a study Microdose on shrooms and see if it'll help you give up smoking huh? i don't want to give up smoking no i'm just saying like that, would be <laughs> that would, like, I that's your choice as i hold my vape um i just uh, think, like that's only i only smoke when i drink so it's not whatever but, but no but i could totally i could totally see that because like i said it was like but then other people that i was with when i was on it were like chain smoking cigarettes and they were fucked up too so like i don't know it's like you said it's like anything else yes, it's different every for everyone every time i talk about smoking you say it's the worst it's disgusting i shouldn't do it so clearly that's what your subconscious feels and that's why then this shit hit you that way. If you don't like it in the back of your mind. I'm not saying it, you're saying it. Or you said it. That's my guess. I think it's gross, but no, this is you know what? A, ci a cigarette. I know, I know, I know they are mine. And it is it, it is gross, but you know, when you're drunk, a cigarette feels fucking awesome. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's fine. I, I love, I've gotten really, really, uh, I've grown quite the affinity for smoking actual pot, like, you know, smoking an actual joint because for several reasons. Um, oh, I can't wait to come see you and have some California weed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll still vape it, but, well, I do generally, but I really like having a i guess a, a, a marijuana cigarette that's what you would technically call it mm -hmm. um so i get like the ritual or the behavioral part of it for sure and also there's a taste to me that tastes good so 
Anyway, um, back to this show that we're supposed to be talking about. And so back at the house, David's like chugging water and he he goes to take an aspirin and he has like a flashback about the night before where um, Kurt gives him ecstasy and he's like, here, this is for later. Um, So then Ruth comes in and he flashes out of it and he panics and he just puts the pills in the aspirin bottle really quick. And, um, and Ruth's like, I'm going on a camping trip with Hiram. And, uh, yeah, she just tells him about the trip basically. And then we get a scene of Parker and Claire sharing, speaking of smoking, they're like smoking a cigarette at school. Yeah. Oh, so that's Parker. That's Parker. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I liked her. I liked this scene. I know it's really short. But can I just play the audio? Yeah, I didn't know you had a clip of it. For I sure, like, play it. I like what she says. Um, Parker. No, I, I know that that's Parker. I felt like that's probably who you were talking about, but I wasn't sure because I didn't, she wasn't given a name. Okay, sorry if it's a little quiet, but it's very short. Okay, you're in this like total danger zone. Gabe Demas is a dick. Sorry his brother's dead, but don't think that means he's not a dick. I just haven't seen him around, so I was worried. You hook up with him now, it's gonna be like total emotional rape. Whatever he feels for you is gonna be wrapped up in some guilt, grief, fuckfest. You better stay away from that shit. I'm not kidding. Um, there's like, cause I think it was a teacher. It must've been where we were like discussing the SATs. Oh. Um, oh, there's, yeah. there's like a really good storyline with Parker and Claire and, um, the SATs. Cool. So I can't wait till you watch that. Yeah. I liked what Parker said and it wasn't like one way or the other, like, oh, I won't be your friend or whatever. It's just, it's reminding you. You know, remind yourself of who this person is, which is smart. It's good advice, you know, like even if someone's grieving, it doesn't mean that they're a good person. Um, however, it ends up. I just I, I thought that was a good nod to like how Gabe has like how destructive Gabe has been in the past. Not that I hate Gabe or anything. Um, and then this comes closely after, but just another. And little- I don't want to like spoil anything. Well, like, whatever, 20 years late. But I, I just want to spoil it for you, because if you're going to keep watching it. But, watch um, it. but it's kind of also what, sh- also what you're saying, like, oh, just because someone's grieving doesn't mean they're a good person or whatever. Like, it's kind of like foreshadowing a little bit. Oh, okay. So that's all I'll say. Like it. Love it. Okay. So um, next thing I have here in bold is Brenda's plan. And Brenda's plan is sort of our like B B plot, maybe B plot, C plot, depending on what. There's like, don't you find this is very like Sopranos, how it's edited? Like, there's like a million plots in one episode, and and it just jumps, 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 jumps. And tonally as well, I do feel that in a way that I enjoy. (laughs) Yeah, same, Um, same. Yeah. Definitely. So it's a sh- another short clip, but basically we cut to the next scene where Nate and Brenda are in the car discussing, you know, Nate has been discussing the test and having failed it again. 
Um, and so Brenda. That's a brilliant up, plan. It's a little plan. I fucking love Brenda, dude. <laughs> um, because she has a good plan. Okay. So you failed a test. Big whoop. You want to be helpful to the people that walk in through your front door. So you have to be one of those people. Okay. I chose three funeral homes from the yellow pages at random. I've always felt an uncontrolled sample group provides more reliable data. Wait, you want us to pretend to be purchasing a funeral? Look up the first address. I think it's in Sherman Oaks. Come on, it'll be fun. Hilarious. And also really smart. <laughs> I love it. This is another sign of the times because she has an actual phone book, like an actual oh, yellow yeah, pages maybe. phone book. I know. And they're driving through LA. I, so I completely forgot about phone. I completely forgot about phone books. Like remember phone books? If you wanted sure. someone's number, you literally just looked up their last name. Like so yeah. weird that you could if, do that. And if there were more, well, yeah. And there was a whole thing about being unlisted. I don't know if it was like that in Canada, but in America, in America yeah. you could be unlisted. Um, phone books to me were uh, prank calling people because that's what they were to me. You'd pick a name and then you'd like know the person's <laughs> name, and so they think the call was real. <laughs> no, for me, they're sitting on for sitting on chairs that are too low, and also for calling <laughs> calling for pizza. <laughs> All the pizza places were in the phone book. That's like literally the only thing that. Well, and, like, there'd be times that my, something would happen and my mom would be like, well, we're going to have to find a so-and-so person. Maybe you can look for that in the phone book. Like, you can help, you know. So I think, like, I used it that way. I, re I think we learned to use them in school. There was, like, a lesson on it. We learned to use, like, coupons and shit, too, and to write checks in school. But anyway. Hmm. Yeah. lucky remember um remember i posted that thing on my facebook you liked it where it's like yeah, public well, schools be like teach me how to do my taxes and they'd be like shut up and square dance that <laughs> first of all came to mind with the square dancing and second of all it's so true no one taught <laughs> me to do taxes no not a damn person and also like they don't teach you like anything like they don't even really teach you how to get into college they just say you need to go to college. I'm just saying, like, it's all a challenge. Um, I honestly can barely even remember anything I learned in high school. Oh, same. I, <laughs> God, ever since we had that conversation about the SATs, I was like, God, I could have tried so much harder. I just didn't. I didn't if, need to. I knew how to. I knew how to get like good enough grades without trying. So I didn't try. I was lazy. What? If I had to do like I always think about this. Like if I had to do like the GED test. Yeah. I think I would fail. No, you wouldn't, because it would be like what's the right angle. <laughs> it's so simple. You would. You'd be surprised. Remember when I told you about the exit? I would test? definitely. I would definitely fail the math part a thousand percent. 
Well, maybe, yeah, just because you haven't practiced it in so long. And I probably would, too. I'd have to do like like I don't even if someone right now asked me how to do like if I had this is another reason why if I had a kid, I'd be screwed. Because if they came home with their homework and they were like, mom, teach me long division, I'd be like, "Eh, I don't know. Like you can relearn it, you goofball. (laughs) Do I want to, though? No. Like, remember, teachers. No, I don't. But remember when teachers would say, like, well, you're not going to have a calculator on you all the time. Joke's on them. (laughs) Right. And also, like, everyone you encounter is going to use their calculator. So, um, no. Oh, shit, I forgot what I... Um...